All right, what is going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in once again to episode 13 of Quick Time, the podcast. Uh, we're short a man today, Brad. Uh, Jason has a, uh, his real job is calling his name tonight, and uh, contrary to popular belief, we don't get paid to podcast. <laughs> well, he had all day to work, and I don't know what he was doing, but uh, yeah, he's got to stay home and get some work done for his pan job, and we're going to hang out here with you guys and try to entertain you for about an hour and see how it goes. Yeah, so uh, how was your week, Brad? Anything it, exciting happen? It was pretty good. Uh, no, I spent a lot of time out at the lake and on the boat because uh, I'd be boating at the, on the weekend and and uh, got always got home just in time to turn on a, a dirt vision or flow racing to watch a little bit of racing, but uh, didn't, uh, didn't get much racing in, but uh, spent a lot of time out on the boat. Yeah, I mean... I, I stayed home this weekend too. We took the kid out to the zoo, but uh, today was a an adventure of a day. Uh, so, <laughs> so at our house we have those uh, Nest uh, smart smoke detectors and stuff. I get to work this morning and my watch is going off saying, "Hey, there's smoke at your house." Um, so I'm thinking Brittany uh, burnt the toast or something. So didn't think anything of it. It goes off again. I call her to see what's going on, and she couldn't find anything. So uh, everything was fine through the afternoon. Then it started going off again, saying. You know, there's a fire, get out of the house, emergency, blah, 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 blah. She calls me at work, says, hey, get home. This thing's going off. The attic is hot. And I called the fire department. So uh, I haul ass home. Uh, by the way, the Ford Explorer does pretty well at 120 mile an hour on the interstate. <laughs> so I get home, and there's two fire trucks outside the house. And, uh, well, there's no smoke, thank God. No flames, anything like that. Uh, so uh, they investigated, took the thermal cameras out, and... Couldn't find anything, so I'm thinking it's just a faulty smoke detector, which is uh, a blessing in disguise, I guess. Definitely a blessing. It is anything more serious, but uh, same uh, embarrassing and all the same, too, to have fire trucks out there to have not find anything. But it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, for sure. So, anyways, let's jump into the, the episode. Uh, tonight, we're going to be joined by the latest Eagle Raceway feature winner, Doug Lovegrove. And uh, still no repeat winners out of Eagle Raceway in that 305 Sprint Car Division. That's pretty awesome. Uh, and and from props to Doug, uh, it's been a, I don't know exactly when his last race that he won was, and we'll find out that later when he, when he gets on the show, but uh, um, he's one of the good guys out there and uh, well-deserving of a win. He's been through a lot in his career, so to, to win that race uh, Saturday night, uh, uh, props to him. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's jump into our shout-outs. I'll start off with uh, Gio Selzy. You uh, broke the rumor last week that he's going to jump in that KCP uh, number 18. Uh, he did just that, and uh, Timed in second quick in Knoxville and finished second in the feature. So it was a hell of a day, de- hell of a debut for uh, Geo out there in that eighteen car. Yeah, I, I think he started third. Um, he dropped back to fourth, uh, jumped the cushion a little bit, and, and fell back. But then he he got his rhythm going and he passed. Uh, he, he actually passed Ian Madsen for third, and because Ian was dropping back a little bit, I think Ian started on the pole, and then uh, then. Uh, uh, Geo just kept plugging away, and uh, he ended up getting second for a pretty impressive run, win, um, run for the second night out on the car because they ran in Indiana or Pennsylvania the night before. Oh, okay. I didn't know they ran so, before, so I thought that Knoxville was the debut. But anyways, uh, yeah, essentially uh, Ian and uh, Geo basically just traded rides as uh, uh, Ian Masson jumped in the uh, Guy Forbrook number five. And, you know, a good run for Ian. That car 
they've only ran it a handful of times this year. In fact, I think only two or three times. And and for whatever reason, Geo just couldn't get that car running right or, or moving to the front. So props to Ian for getting a fourth place finish out of that car. So yeah, for sure. Uh, so did you see anything cool on wall on your uh, racing adventures? What? on the TV this weekend? Well, I, I uh, saw a couple things, but the thing I'm going to talk about is the, the, the Logan CV save. In uh, the opening night of the Indiana Sprint Week, they were at, um, where were they at? Gas City. Gas City, Indiana. And uh, going into three on the, on the white flag lap, uh, Kevin Thomas Jr., he went balls to the walls into the corner and slid up and took them both out. Uh, what's amazing is Logan went off the backside of the track and did a reverse 360 spin and kept going and saved it while Kevin Thomas Jr. stalled the car. Neither one of them flipped, even though they should have. Um, but uh, but uh, Logan saved it and kept going, and that won him the race. So he took the first night of the, the Indiana Sprint Week, and it was, a, it was a, an impressive uh, save to, to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll jump into a little bit of race recaps. Uh, Tuesday night, the World Outlaws were at Lernerville with Don Martin Memorial Cup. Uh, Donnie doing Donnie things, taking the win there. Um, he he's only done it three times this year, but it was a, it was a good win for the team. Uh, they're st- I think they're starting to find their stride. Uh, they they've been struggling a little bit for for the while, but they're getting a lot of top three and fours now. And with that win, I think they're starting to find their rhythm, just in time for the month of money, whatever that is this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, Friday night they moved to Williams Grove for the. Uh, so opening night of the Summer Nationals, and uh, my man, one of my favorite race car drivers, Shane Stewart, he picked up the win, which is uh, which was huge for him. Yeah, Shane uh, had an impressive run. Uh, there wasn't anybody close to him, even after a couple of cautions. Uh, he he just they had it all figured out. Him and uh, um, uh, car owner um, Donna Blank, uh, Bernie's, Bernie's, uh, Bernie, Bernie, uh, Bernie. I don't, he, I don't know his last name, but. Or, I just know him as Bernie. He won last year with Geo, and now this year he 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 won with Shane. And uh, good for the sounds like they're both uh, good for the the sport. They're good people, and for Shane, that's got to be a huge shot in the arm to get his his season going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Saturday night for the finale, uh, we saw David Gravel pick up the win. Uh, Donnie, you mentioned they were getting their rhythm going, but uh, he had motor troubles and uh, dropped out of that feature. Yeah, that's a that's a rare thing that Ford. Um, didn't didn't make it the whole thirty laps, but uh, yeah, gravel. He pretty much dominated that race. I don't even think that Ford made it two laps. Yeah, I think uh, before that last, there was like caution towards the end, and before that, I think that Kreitz had something for him. But uh, whether Kreitz tires sealed over or or whatever, um, David took off on that restart, and it was never challenged. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we mentioned uh, Sprint Week is this week uh, for USAC. Uh, Opening night went to Logan CV at Gas City, uh, and then CJ Leary uh, took up uh, Lawrence Burke and Kokomo with back-to-back wins. I think they are racing tonight, but I do not know for sure where. Yeah, I couldn't actually. I think they race tomorrow, but yeah, um, I really like that CJ Leary car. Have you seen that? It's a uh, it's just a black car, which there's a tons of black cars, but it's got some red and white lettering in it, and it, I think it looks pretty cool. Yep, I have not seen it, but uh, I will take your word for it. You can catch all that on Flow Racing. So if you want to see it, check out social media, uh, check out Flow Racing, and you'll be able to see it on there. All right, moving on to Knoxville Raceway, we saw Aaron Reitzel in the 410 division pick up the win. Uh, Carson McCarr on the 360s, and I guess the oldest driver to win in the pro sprint division, Chris Walraven, picked up the win. And you happen to know 
who is the oldest person to pick up a feature win at Knoxville. Yes, sir. The slammer, Sammy Swindell, he won both a 360 and a 410 race at 60 years old. Chris Walraven's a 58 years old, and he won that pro sprint race. I failed to watch the highlights of that race, but uh, um, I did watch Aaron Reitzel dominate. He was walking the dog in that 410 race, and I believe he was driving Chris uh, Boffman's car, but with a 410, and I don't know if they were doing some testing type stuff or what. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was uh, uh, Aaron's car with the Boffman wing on it. That That's threw, true. It threw me for a loop, so I don't know. I mean, I caught the tail end of that feature race. Yeah, I didn't. I guess I didn't look at it that close either, but... So, but Reitzel, that's 11 wins on the season for him. So he's he's having a pretty damn good year. Uh, the 360s, Carson McCarl got his second win of the year in the 360s, and so um, he's getting ready for that 360 national. So that's a pretty good timing for him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to Eagle Raceway, as I mentioned earlier, Doug Lovegrove picked up the feature win. You will hear from him later on in the show. Jason Danley uh, was second, and Gunner Pike rounded out the podium. So. Uh, Hell of a year for Jason Danley and Gunnar Pike. Uh, Gunnar's a rookie out there, and he's he's been putting it on the front row a lot lately, so it's good to see that happen. Yeah, I, I'm kind of excited to kind of watch Gunnar and his career develop. Uh, I, You guys all know that I don't go out to Eagle very often. but uh, Or at all. Uh, or at all. Um, but uh, you guys keep talking about Gunnar, and so I'm kind of excited about uh, watching this kid develop and see where he can go with his career. Yeah, Gunner, he had a he had a hell of a career in the uh, sport mod division. This is his first year, obviously, in the three hundred five. So, um, don't I might be mistaken, but I think he picked up the sport mod uh, championship last year. So, oh. it's nice to see him move up to the uh, the bigger sprint car. So, um, other locals that picked up wins: uh, Tyler Drukey over at Crawford County, uh, Jack Dover at I ninety, and you brought this one up earlier today at Stewart Raceway. They had another uh, sprint car race out there on Sunday night, and Bob Dvorak picked up his second win of the year. So you can. He's making his way up that IB race and uh, enlist. <laughs> yeah, Dover and uh, Drukey both have six. But uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Stewart Raceway because uh, um, we try to keep track of who wins races in Nebraska. And none of us really knew where Stewart was. And I went on a vacation a couple weeks ago, and we were just driving down the road. And all of a sudden, we come into Stewart, Nebraska. And so we drive right through. And I t- told my wife, I said, maybe we need to go back and just look at the racetrack and see what it's all about. And so she agreed because we were in no hurry to go anywhere. So we went back there and looked, and it was a it's a cool little track. It's dated, but uh, um, it's a tight little uh, paper clip. I don't even know if it's a quarter a quarter mile, but yeah, I'm right behind it is a ba- two baseball diamonds, a softball diamond, a soccer field. And there's a little campground there. Cute, um, pretty cool little town, a little little community there, and and uh, that track sits right there. And uh, but Bob Dvorak, I think there were if I read eight or ten cars there, yeah something but, uh, like that bob uh, got his second win so maybe we need to try and search out bob and get him on this show and see see how things are going up there in stewart yeah for sure um let's take a break and then we will jump back in with doug lowgrove our feature guest for the evening saturday night at america's home track eagle raceway is another exciting night as duro Dentworks, race saver and budweiser presents the uncle sam slam with five exciting IMC classes topped off with the Euro Dentworks IMCA race study for sprint cars, hot laps at 5.30, and the green flag drops at 6.30. For more information, visit eagleraceway.com. Eagle Raceway, one badass racetrack. Pisser, piece of shit. 
All right, joining us on the hotline now is the latest feature winner out at Eagle Raceway, uh, Doug Lovegrove, man. Doug, how, uh, how's it going this Monday or Tuesday evening? Uh, it's going good. Had a great weekend. Hey, congratulations on that win uh, um, uh, Saturday night. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how your day went? Uh, was it all smooth and easy, or did you have some challenges to get to that point? Um, it, it wasn't too bad. We're just – we we're just we just I just know that even with my program before joining with the Weirs that I'd have to get through heat races, and if I can start in the first three rows, I think I can I think I can be a threat every night. I just gotta gotta get through the early stuff to have fun in the late stuff. Yeah, for sure. You jumped in that Weirs on Motorsports Fifty Five. Uh, I believe this is your second race. What led to the change in you jumping in that car? Well, they have been working out of my shop with Richard Dick's the Dick weirs is kind of the car owner and richard they're both the owner i guess and richard was driving it and they were they work out of out of my race shop and they're struggling struggling with their engine program struggling with uh just the whole thing and they just decided basically that richard didn't have it didn't have the drive to be a driver and that he wanted you know to be more of a setup guy and and so they just looked across the shop and said hey you want to drive our car (laughs) (laughs) sure so we ran it one night and we kind of sat down and i was like you know this the motor deal something's got to get with that because i think they're quite a ways behind what what's going on out there so they ponied up and I, they bought all the parts in that, and with some help from Chuck Spanel and from Zach Woods at Speedway, I built a motor, and we came out the first night with that motor and led 14 laps of that A feature until it <laughs> until it popped out of gear. Oh, which I've man. Never had huh. happen in 22 years. But, so it was, it was in, very encouraging. Yeah, for sure. It sounded like the, you know, getting the right parts, getting that motor program going. Uh, led to a little bit of success there on that first night. Then uh, your second night out there, man, you uh, pulled out that feature victory. So, uh, I mean, was it kind of like Brad mentioned earlier, was it kind of easier? I mean, did you you obviously had to work your way through that heat race, but the, the feature, I mean, did you start up front or did you uh, have to work your way up a little bit? I started second row inside, and I think I took the lead in lap two. And I never do this, but I went back and looked at lap times and where everybody was at, and I had – my my fastest lap was a half second faster than anybody, and if you look through the actual laps, I was about a half second better every lap. Except for at the end, Jason Danley got when he got going around the bottom a little bit, he his times got a little better. So it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty good. It was very encouraging. The car is we got her dialed in. What uh, what kind of car is it? Uh, is it a newer Maxim Eagle? What, what kind no, of it's car? Actually, it's actually my old car. It's an Eagle that I bought new. Gosh, probably, I want to say it's an 11, 2011, 2012, wow. something like that. So would that be your uh, 2015 IMC at Race Saber uh, uh, track championship car, or did you get something mm-hmm. new before that? You know what? I don't even remember. I don't think so, no. <laughs> I think the car that I'm driving or that my my actual car is still that car. 
I think I had gotten rid of to them that car before I won the championship. Yeah, so uh, with you coming on, I uh, texted one of your, uh, I don't know if he's a current crew member or a former crew member, but I texted Aaron Allgood uh, to give me uh, some stories or some questions that I should ask you oh, about. No. Yep, yep, here we go. Um, you mentioned uh, your rookie season back in 1997, the first time you flipped on the backstretch at Eagle Raceway. Uh, apparently there was an older lady on the uh, fire safety crew, and uh, you kind of asked her if this was heaven. Kind of talk about that a little bit. Well, <laughs> so that was the first time I ever dumped one of these cars. And I I think, if memory serves me, and you need Aaron around because that guy remembers everything. Oh, my. That's probably why I don't remember because I always had him around to just ask. And I think two or three years in a row at the Nebraska Cup, I flipped. And I, I don't know if I was just trying too hard. But that first year, climbed the back stretch wall and flipped down, you know, the grass above outside the track. And I think it come back down on the track and stopped. And... The, they, they used to have, I don't know who she was, but she was an older lady, older, older, like almost grandma older. <laughs> and she would, she was always the one they would send up to the cars to see if the drivers were all right. I don't know. So if you didn't scream at her. Yeah. Who's going to yell at a little old lady? Yeah, exactly. And I think that was the deal. And she come up and she's like, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, do you know where you are? I said, I think I'm in heaven. <laughs> she started laughing about that. You drivers are wired so different. Yeah. That, that's not the first thing that would have come to my mind. But, <laughs> wow. Yeah, my brother always said that. If I come, if you crash, and when we get to the car, if you're laughing, you're fine. If you're quiet, you're probably hurt. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, then he also mentioned. Uh, I want to bring up this. I'm just going to say the date. I want to ask you if you knew what happened that day. Oh, geez. Uh, June 20th, 2008. June 20th, 2008. You better yep. think hard about this. You better this. think hard and have the right answer. <laughs> Somebody's going to be mad at you. You were at Knoxville Raceway. Oh, when I met Amy? Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I had got out of the, I tried to get back in the car after I had that bad crash on July 3rd of 06. And I was miserable. I mean, it was it was exactly Talladega Nights. You know, I was out there like, I'm back, you know. And I'm going like half as fast as everyone else. And I decided that I needed to do something else. And so Larry Penninger was bugging me, and he was driving my car. And he he didn't like coming all the way over all the time. So we would go over and run the car at Knoxville with him driving. And we blew it up every time. Every time. <laughs> yep, we that's that's there. the notes I have right here is you blew up the motor big time on the first lap of the heat race. Yeah, first lap of the heat race out of turn one just explodes it all over the place. And that was the night that uh, Chris Moses was doing the uh, NOS Energy drink promotion over there, and she was a NOS Energy drink girl. And he's like, I got this girl you should meet. And we're gonna bring her down. And <laughs> yeah, the, the rest. 10 years later, well, married 10 years later and three kids later. So, yeah, the rest is history, I suspect. Yeah, who says uh, race car drivers can't pull, tro- pull trophy wives now, right? Yeah, exactly. I, mar- <laughs> I always said that. I married the trophy girl. She was the Knoxville trophy girl, too. It's kind of funny. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> but can she I- can't really complain about me continuing to race because she kind of knew what she was getting herself into. Exactly. Well, that's kind of what I was my next question. How do you juggle that uh, uh, wife and three kids? Uh, a job and then fun on Saturday night yeah. at the racetrack. I mean, you got to work on the car well, and all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, and actually I have four cause she had one already. So I got four kids, 13, 
eight and twin six and the boy twin of the it's boy girl twin and the boy has down syndrome so he's kind of a da- uh, uh, handful yeah. but he's a man he's awesome but i also play drums in a band that plays around and <laughs> this last weekend we played at cappy's on highway two in lincoln friday night Holy so I played at home at three o'clock in the morning and then tried to sleep as long as I could, which is usually eight and then go to the races the next night and not be tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of a spaz. I've always been, I have always been a spaz. Like as far as I just keep going and worry about being tired or worrying about all that later. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it sounds like you definitely have your hands full there with the, with the drumming, the kids, the uh, the race car program, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, another thing Aaron wanted me to mention was uh, uh, overcoming. You mentioned that big wreck at I eighty and coming back and winning at Eagle over Mike Boston in a photo finish. What do you remember about that night? That was and uh, that was back the three sixty days, and that was when Mike was just dominating. I mean, it was almost a given that he was probably going to win that night or darn near. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many track championships he's won in that 360. I think seven. Yeah, at least seven. And I remember I I got out front, and I was out front for a little while, and he passed me with, like, two laps to go. And I remember I chased him, and I remember into turn three, I darn near just closed my eyes and just drove her in for all it was worth on the bottom. And it stuck. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and coming down the front, I honestly thought, like, the angle in which, you know, the finish line is just after the flag stand. And I thought he'd be, you know, I I knew I was right there. And, I, it, you know, me versus him, I was just like, ugh, I probably, second's pretty good. When they all came, all my guys came running down, you beat him. I'm like, holy <laughs> And I remember that Rick, uh, I can't think of his name. I think he owned Mike's car at the time. That eighty, it was a that yellow eighty four. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, was driving now. Uh, Rick Bowers. Yeah, Bowers. I remember he he was all kinds of bent out of shape about it. He was convinced that Mike beat me. <laughs> come over, and it, it was funny. It was that was a great night. That was. I still I ran into Jordan Grabowski in the pits, and I don't really know him that well. And that's the first thing he brought up because. Well, I ran into him because I was in Mike Boston's trailer talking about something with the cars. And he walks in there, and I saw him later, and he's like, I just can't believe that. You beat him like that, and here you are in his trailer. I'm like, well, <laughs> this was probably 10 years ago. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. He, it wasn't like I crashed him. No, yeah. Him. <laughs> yeah, it's better to talk to the guy after you beat him than, you know, you reckon his shit oh, or man. anything like that. So, uh, yeah. Well, he had beat me, you know, dozens and dozens of times, and I still talk to him. Yep, for sure. Um, so what's uh, what's next for uh, for you guys? Are you going to continue to run that 55, or are you going to jump back in your car? Um, kind of what's the for plan with the that? Foreseeable, I'll be in the 55 for this foreseeable future. Um, they really got a kick out of, you know, winning. And the week, you know, and before when we had we led all those laps, they're just, they're kind of, they're on cloud nine. I mean, you, the mortician couldn't have wiped the smile off Dick's face. <laughs> it was, it was cool. And that's exactly what I got in their car to do. You know, I, I, they just said, we just want to, we just want to be on the front stretch. You know, we want to be, you know, in the front, have a chance. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'll do everything I can. Well, you just set the bar pretty high after yeah. two races. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They mentioned be on the front stretch. You're like, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I told him, like, I'll get, I'll get you there. I mean, it might not be the first night or the second night, but we'll, we'll get up there. And that car really, really rolls nice. It really, really rolls nice. I, you know, it rolls as nice or nicer than my car does. And they have good stuff. And there's a couple of things that with Richard, not, he hadn't driven all that much. They would only race like, I don't know, three or four times a year. They've been doing it, I think, for six or seven years. But they would just here and there. He had a lot of, had a motor that exploded and it took the whole driveline out and that kind of parked him for a while. And he had a few, you know, some decent, <laughs> spectacular crashes that were just circumstantial. But, you know, they'd spent a lot of money to, and they hadn't really been getting anywhere with it. And uh, try this. And they're a good bunch of guys. And, you know, we have a good time. Okay. And it's fun because Aaron, you know, me and Aaron, my, Aaron is my cousin. Oh, I didn't and know that. We, yeah, we raced together forever. I mean, he kind of grew up watching me race in the 360s and all that, and then he ended up coming around and being around, and he's a smart guy. And I remember having the conversation with him and with he was him and Chris Moses were always good buddies, and you know they could tell you every driver and where they finished and all this, and they talked about all that. When he's helping me, and I'm like, you know, do you are you a fan or are you a racer? You know. And I'm sure he'll remember that conversation. <laughs> and from that point on, like he switched and turned it on. And that guy, he has one of those mental, it's, you can't really call it a dysfunction, but it's like he's one of those people that can remember nearly every day of, of his life. It's like if you name a date, he will, he'll be able to tell you what happened. Or if, and, and in this case, if I name a race, he can tell from when he was helping me, he can tell me exactly what setup was on the car, how I finished in the heat, how I finished in the feet, you know, what happened, the whole thing. It's like, it's like hanging around with an encyclopedia. <laughs> My memory bank's not that, that big. So oh, I, I can't oh, it, makes you, it makes you feel like that you have a problem that you can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I can barely like remember what happened yesterday. Yeah. The second I get done doing something, I'm, my mind is already gone to the next thing. And I just, put it somewhere where I obviously don't know where in my brain because I never I don't remember anything you know there's times he'll talk about years or races or what we did and I don't even remember what color the car was or you know <laughs> or what the frame or any of that it's just like the second I'm done with it I, did, I guess you know celebrate that night and the next day it's back to work yeah every, everything Aaron sent me it has like a date and a year with everything oh, yeah. so yeah I was, I was shocked that he knew all those dates oh no yo no I'm surprised he only gave you a few. <laughs> <laughs> he could go on. I'm, it's, sure, he, it's I'm sure he could. It's pretty cool. He's a smart guy, and he jumped in with both feet, and he, I mean, he lived it and breathed it for probably 10 years. And he got really smart, and he's been, you know, he got pretty well respected by a lot of guys as somebody that understands how the car works and all that. Well, kind of going back to what what you just said, uh, I, I I'm a fan. I've been a fan for since I was little. My dad used to drive what they call modifieds back then. They were, they were sprint cars at the time. They were just carbureted, and then he was working on one. So I've been around racing my whole life, but that doesn't mean I know a lot about it. When you say the car rolls well, can you explain to knuckleheads like me what that really means? Boy. Not really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't, I mean, the, it's obvious that the chassis is free and that for whatever reason that 
a lot of the setups that we do or that we try or the changes we make, it's kind of still fast no matter what we do to it. And, you know, there's a lot of times you can't put your finger on why that happens or why it doesn't happen. There's a lot of, you know, the big time guys that they'll get a frame if they can't get it fast a couple of times, they'll sell it and try a different one that they're, and we we have figured out some of the some of the things that you can check out on a frame to see if it's going to be you know a turd or not. But that car just whatever how we have it set, it just it, it rolls around there really nice. You just know you have a sweet one right now, and you're you're enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So I, I kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast that uh, I believe you are the eighth different feature winner out there at Eagle, eighth or ninth. Uh, kind of what, what's the what's with the parody competition out there? Does does everybody have good stuff, or is it just kind of kind of look at the draw right now? I think, yeah, I think most people have fairly good stuff. You know, there's probably five or six teams that really have their poop in a group, and they're they have someone you know somebody on board that knows how these cars work, and they got a driver that's you know very competent and they can usually get their way through. But the problem at Eagle and the reason there's eight different winners, in my opinion, is the better you do, the farther back you go. And when you win, you know, it moves you back rows in the heat races and the heat races are very close. You know, when the track burns off, goes away, changes, that's when a lot of the guys that maybe don't know how their car is supposed to work, you know, don't understand their car as much or don't have the laughs a guy like me has where we can kind of get through that. It's guys get stuck. You know, you see a B feature that, you know, has two or three of the top five in points in it. And it's just cause you just, if the track's good, every, especially with these little motors, everybody's kind of just hammered down. If you can keep the front wheels in front of the back wheels, you're probably, it'll be really hard to pass you. And that's that's what I think. Kind of change direction a little bit. Do you do you have a favorite style or type of track? Do you like Eagle and the one third high bank? Do you do you like a bigger track, or do you just whatever track you're fast at and win at? That's what you prefer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like the tracks I do really well at. I, you know, I'd, I'd say I probably like I I probably like the bull rings more. Eagle is just kind of different than anywhere else, and back in the day i remember you know the word going around was always you know everything you do at eagle won't work ever anywhere else and if you want to get good don't race there weekly you mm-hmm. know race all over the place yeah. don't don't just sit there which of course i didn't listen to and <laughs> i don't know we <laughs> yeah it, Does, I, like, I like this you know i did used to do really well up at uh, rising city and that's real similar oh to yeah eagle. yeah that's another third mile yeah. track yeah, and it, uh, I guess they kind of suit me more. Uh, tracks were like Knoxville or, you know, I-80s a little bit that way, but not as much like Knoxville. Like it's your super speedway for sprint cars where you're just pretty much hammered down the whole time and you're just jockeying for that extra six foot on the guy in front of you or whatever. I like things to happen a little quicker than that. You know, I like dicing. Yeah, for sure. Just where it's a knife fight more than it's a chess match. Yeah, that's one thing I like about the the little bull rings is uh, I mean you you get in lap traffic real quick and it's it's moves 
every corner, whereas like places like Knoxville, guys get strung out a little bit, and it's kind of, like you said, kind of a chess match. You know, you, I want to go here, yeah, or you it, go there. I think the thing that accentuates it a little bit at Knoxville is like when you watch the 305s run there. And those, they're the three of those that Midwest, it's a different than the race saver, but right. you know, they're, it's, they're dramatically slower. And when they get spread out, it's hard to run somebody down, you know, well, Matt can do it, but you know, there's, it's not like the three, the, especially the four tens there where a guy can be way back. And if he gets a good run off a corner, you know, he'll fire down the straightaway and all of a sudden he's in the hunt again. Well, I just think the smaller tracks are more suited to the three Oh fives. It's kind of boring even I 80 for me is kind of boring. You just roll around there. And if you don't have something magical, I mean, if, if you're getting in line at Eagle, cause everybody's pretty equal. And if it's tacky, you can't do anything. The I 80 is twice as bad Yeah, for that kind of thing. Yeah, that's kind of what I think about the Belleville Midget Nationals coming up. Three hundred five is on that huge track. I yeah, uh, I mean that's why I don't. That's one of you know one of the reasons why I don't go is because you're just gonna sing your motor for the entire race and everybody's pretty close to the same except Bubak. You know, yeah, yeah he, he has a he has leg up on everybody. He might have a yeah. three sixty in that thing. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I don't know if he soaks his air filter in nitromethane. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but. I know I probably got a hundred pounds on him. Maybe that's it. That might, that, yeah, that might be it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. I want to thank you for jumping on with us. Uh, good luck the rest of the year. Congratulations on that win last uh, Saturday night at Eagle Raceway. And uh, we hope to see that 55 or that one back in victory lane here real soon. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Any chance of getting that mo- that mo- uh, number switched to 44? Because Doug is always in a four- number 44. Yeah, I know. That's Aaron's fault, too, I think. Cause <laughs> I did the 44 thing forever, and then we went to the 305s, and I had I had uh, one car that had a, the 360 in it still, and then we I had another car that was put together, and that's what we made into the 305. And Aaron's like, oh, let's do a different number. And I'm like, I don't care, whatever been 44 forever and, and he wanted to do one so that's where that came from and i just kept it it could have been too cheap to wrap <laughs> off and put a different you know yeah for sure i mean we need it we need to get get you a dairy sponsor again for you can have that cow car yeah, i know I've been, I've been telling dick that i'm like if you're gonna go forward with this we might have a 50 a 55 cow car, cow car. Kind of <laughs> yeah a lot of people that really stuck you know something i just thought of because i knew i was going to be terrible <laughs> you know, to try and get any amount of attention from anybody to get and i kind of did it to get sponsors you know i had one dairy sponsor that gillette the rest of dairy and i thought well i i'm gonna have to do something because i can't i couldn't at the time you know to look forward to do it like it should be done and i'm like well you can't get attention for winning. Get attention because your car looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mentioned that you, you thought you would be terrible, but I mean, the 1996 U.S. 30 uh, Dwarf Car Championship, uh, 97 Eagle Raceway 360 Rookie of the Year, 2015 uh, Eagle Raceway Track Championship, along with the State and Nebraska State Championship. So I say that's a pretty good career. Yeah, I figured it out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a few more years left in you too, so. Oh yeah, I ain't going anywhere. It's too much fun to not do it. All right, with that, we will see you at the racetrack here shortly. Uh, good luck the rest of the year, and uh, thanks again for jumping on. Thanks, Doug. You bet. Thank you, guys.
All right, that was Doug Lovegrove. We want to thank him for jumping on. We're going to take a quick break right here. It's time for Thunder Relived. We dig deep into the USAC vault to relive the heroes of Thunder from yesteryear. Relive all the thrills, spills, and greatest moments from USAC's sprint, midget, and silver crown history with a roundtable in-depth discussion from USAC's key figures, past and present. Watch Thunder Relived every Thursday and Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Flow Racing. All right. Welcome back, guys. Uh, once again, Doug Lovegrove on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, sounds like they got that motor program figured out there with that 55 car, Brad. Well, they even at 305s where they're all supposedly even, uh, you still got to have a good motor. And uh, and apparently that just proves it right there. Uh, he's, he's in two races. He's uh, finished uh, in the front and he won one. So that's uh, they got things headed in the right direction, it sounds like. Now it's time for the Eagle Raceway Roundup with track announcer James Rowland. All right. What's I'd, going on? What's going on, James? How are you doing? Oh, man, not too bad. Burnt to a crisp and maybe still a little bit hungover, but we had some fun. <laughs> no problem with that. We're not going to recap Eagle Raceway with you, but we are going to recap a, uh, a float trip. How was your birthday weekend, man? Man, I tell you what, I had a shitload of fun out there. I always do every year. It's kind of the one weekend that I really uh, – cut loose and don't put a restrictor plate on the beer cooler that and uh sprint nationals i've seen you uh out there with those eagle melons a little bit oh yeah <laughs> can't go wrong with i, those I hang out with the best of them when i'm on the river that's right that's right so uh you had a, you had your birthday weekend on the river uh you're back in the real world now uh you looking forward to eagle raceway this weekend oh absolutely man i, I look forward to it every weekend and now we get to see if somebody can be the ninth winner in a row Give me your prediction. Who's going to be that first person to repeat? Do you have any idea? Man, I've got the hopeful. I really want Chase Weiler to pick one up here quick. He's been pretty fast the last couple weeks, and he just, you know, he's been doing a little while. He deserves one. Yeah, Brad's Brad's a huge Chase Weiler fan. (laughs) It's not that. It's just that I've run across him a couple times, and I my memory is is terrible and. The last time I ran across him, I've always had met him when he had a hat on. He had his W or his zero hat on that has wings on it. And oh yeah! This night at I eighty Speedway, he was dressed like a civilian with no no racing hat, and I walked right by him and didn't even acknowledge him. And he what a dick! I know that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I feel like shit about it, but but and I apologize like three straight weeks on this show, but. Uh, um, so I, I, he's he's a, he's he's a good guy. I, he's he's trying. He's working hard. He's got some promise. And then that day a couple weeks ago, where he led twenty of the twenty-five, that was his night to win, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, sometimes that's the way that it goes. But he's sitting here talking about it. I just thought uh, we're going to have a couple of our regular weekly hitters from Eagle down at Belleville for their URSS three hundred five nationals deal. So. Yeah. It might be the underdog's night that night. It might That's be going to make things a little more interesting. It might be the underdog's night, and I think we're going to have a ninth a different winner. I, my favorite to uh, pick up that first repeat winner, I, I think, uh, is Tyler Drukey. I think he's going to be the first repeat winner. Uh, sounds like he's going to be down at Belleville this weekend, so uh, we might see the Chase Weiler pick up a win. We might see uh, Gunnar Pike. He's been running really well. I think he's going to uh, continue on at Eagle and not make that trip down 81 to Belleville. Yeah, I think I think that's probably a pretty good guess too. Or uh, Troy Sanford might pick one off as well. He's another guy that's been another rookie that's been real fast this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they both those cats jumped up from the sport mod division last year, and 
they're they're showing some real promise in that in these sprint cars, along with Jordan Grabowski. I mean, he could be he can pop one off anytime in that. Oh, in that he could car. definitely be nine. Well, it's, uh, I'm going to have to make my way out there at some point, and it might be during the uh, the Race Saver Nationals. But uh, I, I've made the last two or three Race Saver Nationals, and maybe I can make it out there this year. But I'm still one of those guys that's afraid of the COVID thing, and I I don't know that I want to be sitting with three, 4,000 fans yet, but uh, we'll see how things play out by that time. Yeah, I, I totally get your concerns and everything. I'm not one of these people that thinks it's just all one big conspiracy and that to get us. <laughs> yep, nope. It's all fake news and, and bullshit like that taking away my freedoms. No, it's it's a real deal. Um, if you're concerned about it, obviously, you know, stay home. Uh, you, James, I have a fortunate position out there where, you know, I'm in the infield, you're up in the answers booth, so we're not really around a whole lot of people. So, yeah, if, I mean, if it makes you feel safe, you know, stay home. You can catch every uh, lap on the pay-per-view. So, I, I'm sure I could make it work if I was diligent about it. I'm stand up in the turn one um, uh, bleachers up in a corner or something like that. I'm sure I could find a place. But uh, getting in and out, going to the restroom and stuff, I just don't know that that's my my, my the chance I'm willing to take right now. Just whiz off well, the back porch, man. Well, something that you could do. <laughs> Something that you could do, I actually did it last year because I work second shift and I guess I just wasn't committed enough to take the right days off last year. So I missed Thursday and Friday, but and I, I work out there, but I ended up buying the four-day pass and I just kept letting a different person use it every night. I don't know if that's against the rules, don't kick my ass, Racine or Roger, <laughs> but uh, I think that'd be a great way to do it, especially if you know somebody that maybe wants to go but hasn't been out there for a long time or hasn't been out there at all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's definitely a good way to give back to the uh, to the community a little bit and uh, kind of, you know, broaden everybody's uh, eyes on the sport that we love so much. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just keep spreading it around and trying to get new people involved. I, I don't know how, how much, uh, how, I'm sure you guys are prepping for the, the Race Saver Nationals and so forth, but do you, is there a pre-entry list or anything like that, or is it still a little too early for that? You know, I'm, that's kind of what I'm waiting around on. I'm going to send a text as soon as I get off the phone with you guys because now you've got my curiosity sparked. I've seen that they've started, you know, posting the individual driver things. I think I've seen maybe 15 or 20 of those so far. So if they've posted that many already, who knows how many are actually on the little secret list. Yeah, it could be interesting to see how that plays out with this COVID thing. There's a lot of places not racing. So I could see a bigger, bigger field of cars than we've ever had. But yet I can see people not coming up just because of the COVID thing as well. So like Texas, I don't know, Kevin Ramey always makes it up here and um, it'd be interesting to see if he makes it up here again and so forth. Yeah. Especially if they're going to make them quarantine for however long when they get back, you know, it's, it's expensive enough to go racing it. You know, it could be an extra hit if you had to take two weeks off work. For sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I know uh, that you mentioned they're, they're releasing uh, Driver names, they're doing their little infographics. I am currently supposed to be working on a TV commercial for them. So, yeah. So, uh, wow. I better I better get my butt in gear and get that done. Well, badass. I like the sound of that. You know, there there we go again. Just the more exposure that we can get out there is going to bring out the more people and the more fun we're going to end up having. That commercial better have a little bit of drone coverage in it. I think I have. Oh, some, you bet. I think I have some stock footage from <laughs> from uh, from previous years. I haven't been out there a whole lot so this year. I mean, I think I've been out there a handful of times. So I want to get with the the track videographer Stephen Clegg and get some uh, get some highlights put together and uh, get with Dan. That's and, the guy for the job. Yep, get with Dan and he's going to do a little voiceover for us and uh, we'll get this thing pumped out. Well, hell yeah, I like the sound of that, gentlemen. 
All right, James, thanks for jumping on. And I think I will see you this weekend. I'm not 100% sure if I'm going out there, but I know you will be. So, uh, Oh, absolutely. I'm not missing this one for the world. <laughs> All right, we will see you out there at the racetrack. And thanks again for jumping on. Thanks. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, so uh, kind of taking a look at some news and notes for the weeks ahead. Uh, we mentioned it on the podcast last week, but you guys did not hear it because we were sworn under secrecy. <laughs> uh, Sunday, August 30th, the greatest show on dirt, the World Outlaws, is going to visit the I-80 Speedway in Greenwood, Nebraska. Uh, like I said, we talked about it a little bit, but uh, due to uh, some uh, promises to some people, we uh, cut that out of the podcast, but it's now official. So the Outlaws are coming to Nebraska. Yeah, um, and the, the, the Outlaws are leasing the track. This is not a Kaziski event. Uh, um, they contacted Joe Kaziski, and they because of the COVID thing, it's so hard to book a race and so forth, and not a lot of tracks want to risk putting all that money into a, a, a race and not be able to make the purse up with, with attendance and so forth. So the Outlaws contacted Kaziski's, and uh, they're going to lease the track that day and, and bring the Outlaws to, to um, I-80 Speedway. They were supposed to be there Early June? Yeah, June 9th, anyway. I believe it was. And, of course, with COVID, it got canceled. But uh, they're back. Uh, they should have a pretty decent card count because they're racing at US 36 the night before. Yep. And then they're on their way up to Sioux Falls and Hussets. So there should be, a, for me, a good 410 count in a state that doesn't have hardly any 410s. I would be expecting 30 cars to show up on that night and uh, should be able to enjoy a good night of racing. Yeah, for sure. With it being on a Sunday night, I expect... Uh a handful of Knoxville cars to come down with it. Uh, so, yeah, it should be a good night of racing with the Outlaws and four tenths on that hat. big uh, four-tenths mile. Uh, once again, it's going to be a good night. Yeah, I think Kaziski's, like I said before, numerous times they put on a – they do a great job of prepping that track, and they put on a great race, and it's it, – it's, they, they get through it, and you're not there all night long. So uh, um, I'm sure that they'll still do a pretty good job with uh, this race on August 30th. It's a Sunday night. Yeah, and uh, hopefully uh, we kind of reached out to Darren Pittman to come on uh, and preview that race. So uh, hopefully we can uh, get our schedules con- uh, in line with him and uh, get him on the podcast. He said he would do it, so I'm going to hold him to it. Yes, and uh, w- we mentioned uh, last week we were supposed to have Chris Windham on. Uh, I got a message from him shortly after I posted the podcast. Uh, I guess he went out to dinner with uh, with his girlfriend and uh, some other people, and his phone ended up dying, and he kind of forgot about Forgot about us, which, you know, it happens. Uh, I don't expect any of these big nine drivers to, you know, hold us to a, uh, a T or anything like that and whatnot. So uh, he reached out to us. I apologize for missing the show. So uh, hopefully we can get with him and uh, get him on the podcast one of these days. Yeah, I don't buy the excuse. I'll take it, but I don't buy it. No, I, I kind of buy it. His, so. his phone doesn't die. <laughs> I'm sure that he just got busy in dinner and stuff, and it, it just wasn't uh, in the forefront of his mind. But, hey, it happens, like you said, and, and no big deal. Yep, no problem. Um, so uh, we mentioned earlier Belleville, I believe, is this weekend 7,000 to win with the 305s. Is their Belleville uh, 305 Sprint Car Nationals. I think you mentioned uh, something like 50 cars pre-registered for that show. Yeah, I think the last count I saw were 52 or 53 or something like that. So going to have a good car count there. Uh, practice night is on Thursday the 30th and then Friday and Saturday. I think Friday pays 3000 to win and Saturday seven. So um, if you're uh, – if you, I mean, Belleville is a great track. Love – miss the Midget Nationals, but uh, um, they just couldn't make it go anymore. They just weren't getting any cars. So um, they they opted to go to the 305 division. So uh, – it's uh, um, they got with fifty cars there. That's that's a, a promising field. Yes, so that's a good sure. field. So, 
it's, it should be. I, I don't know if it's a good show or not. I haven't been. I've never watched the 305s down there. So, but hey, support local. You have a you have a race there. Uh, if you're there in the area, go for it. Yeah, I haven't been out there for the 305s. I've been out there for obviously the Midget Nationals. I've been out there for the Outlaw shows and All Star shows. And if you like speed, man, uh, there's no lack of it there. I mean, it's hammered down wide open all the way around that racetrack so and i think we're gonna have several nebraska cars there i know Stu snyder's going um ledger's going um, i know i'm missing a lot we're, we're there's several nebraska kids going down there to, to race so yeah i'm kind of curious to see what the uh, car count's going to be at eagle that night with the both being on saturday nights but uh yeah i mean 7k to win you can't pass it up but uh right now jake bubach has the name on that check so <laughs> we'll see if anybody has it for him uh some other news and notes uh Nebraska 360s, they are at Off-Road, Speed, Off-Road Speedway this weekend on Saturday night, and the Bobby Parker Memorial that was scheduled for Friday night has been moved to September 11th. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Off-Road's in Norfolk, Nebraska, so uh, um, they have a, a pretty successful event up there every year. Um, the locals uh, really support that race. Uh, they get usually get some cars down from South Dakota and so forth, so um, I've never been to off-road. I don't even know where it's located in, in Norfolk, but, uh, um, every year they seem to have, uh, the reviews are pretty, pretty promising. And, and Bobby Parker uh, Memorial, they had to move that from this coming Friday down to, uh, Friday, September 11th, because they just knew they weren't going to get very many cars. Uh, the MSTS in South Dakota have their own show. And a lot of our drivers are heading down to Belleville, uh, so they just they weren't going to fight it, and so they're going to move it to September 11th, the day before the Nebraska Cup, and the Nebraska Cup is on that Saturday, September 12th. So a two-day sprint car show at IE Speedway is not a bad weekend. Yeah, for sure. So uh, once again, everybody, thanks for jumping on, Brad. You got plans for the week? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go to Gibbon, Nebraska, and go camping. So uh, last week was I be boating, this week I be camping, and someday hopefully I be racing. Yes, for sure. I think I may make an appearance at Eagle Raceway this weekend. I don't know. The Black Bandit is still getting the motor swapped out on it. So until uh, I get my car back, it's kind of depend- It's kind of up in the air what I'm going to do. So uh, thanks again, everybody, for jumping on. We will catch you all on the flip side. Have a good night. <laughs>